Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 354. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, from beautiful Minnesota, joined by my semi-okay co-host, Charlie Chuckles Carden. Now it went from I'm one of your hosts to my co-host basically sucks. Is that where we're going with this? Because I think I'll go Charlie. back. To, I think I'll go back to the part where you just say it's your show, and here's the clown. Charlie on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, you are barely certified fresh. Wow. Well, but you did say barely. It's not yes. on the other side of fifty percent. You're on the plus side. We're just waiting for a few more uh, critics to come in the mix, but. We are joined by a new guest joining us, a new secret friend, and that is Mr. Andrew Sumachek. He is founder of We The Nerdy. Uh, he is a gamer, a comic lover, a wrestling fan, a time lord. He's spider-powered and also Ghostbuster. Man, that's a, that's a pretty thick resume, Andrew. Welcome for joining us. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I can't, that can't leave a lot of free time if you're, you know, crossing all those. Well, that's to where the Time Lord part must come in. Exactly. Here, right? I, I, I can kind of go back in time, relive events. And also, if, if you watch the latest version of Doctor Who, I can split myself into multiple pers- multiple timelines and kind of do all things at once. Ooh, God, that's like whenever Superman gets a new power. Now he's solar powered or whatever. Yeah. Always a day sex machina for Doctor Who. Very good. Uh, like inspired, inspired by uh, that Michael Keaton classic, Multiplicity. Yes. Right. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was inspired by true events, which is like my new favorite phrase for because you can slap that in front of anything. And I said, you know, Todd, our podcast is inspired by true events. Mm-hmm. Why not? In a way, it is. Yeah, everything right. is inspired by true events. Oh well. So Andrew, um, you know, I uh, we've we've kind of been in similar circles. I always call the podcast indieverse is kind of a uh, it's it's kind of multi branched, intertwined, a little bit incestuous at times. But we all know each other in some way where it's like six degrees of you know this instance, Sean Capri. Uh, <laughs> so that so it's very fun to have someone that I know of that started a lot of people on their career to podcasting join us and for you specifically want to know your origin of how you became a geek well my origin specifically actually came from my uncle he grew up uh collecting comic books so kind of when i was old enough to read comics like four i started reading them he started showing me animated stuff like batman superman spider-man i, I fell in love with it and then kind of just fell out from there so, um, do you have a specific like favorite character in geek okay. media? Is it on the wall right there? Is I mean, the that's one of them. Like, I have a couple on the wall. So I've got. If you're oh. talking geek media, you're talking with Spider-Man. Of course, is my Marvel guy. Um, Teen Mutant Ninja Turtles is my independent. You know, technically independent. And when they started, kind of line. Um, I have my Dragon Ball stuff up there. Um, I mean, and if we're talking like DC too, I don't have it up here because there's hardly anything to get really. But like Swamp Thing is my favorite DC character next to. Oh wow, that's a deep cut. Yeah, I, that's the first time I've ever heard anybody invoke Swamp Thing as being like, "Man, I am, I'm all about Swamp Thing." So that's and awesome. The craziest thing was I actually fell in love with him from the animated series that, that aired for that one season. Oh my god! <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Like, that the was extreme like Swamp Thing. thing. I'm. Like, I'm 
I'm plenty fond of Swamp Thing from that movie from '82 and Adrian Barbeau's Rack, but that's just yes. me. I was yeah, very that, impressed. I was very impressionable when I was six. So what do well, you that, want? That, yeah, I mean, I saw that movie too, and I was like, "There's a lot of boob in this movie," and I'm like, you know, like <laughs> seven year old is like. What's we, happening? We say a lot of boob, but a lot of boob is not too much boob because that doesn't right. exist. So, right. and it, this is making Todd very uncomfortable. He doesn't like it, no. It's it still might be the only D, it might be the only DC like mainstream hero that had boobs in it. There's not a lot of like Marvel or DC hero movies well, with boobs in it. So there Todd, doesn't that make it double DC? Oh. Uh, oh! It was funny too because like we would go to the comic book store and I would tell my mom like I want to get a Swamp Thing comic book and she was like she's like okay she would look at it at first she's like what is this that you're reading and I'm like what you don't see separate hands and like you know half corpses and, and, and she's like you're seven and I'm like what I'm not gonna go out for the kids I'm not gonna for the kids I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out and do it <laughs> he's a giant plant creature I mean what do you want to say I mean really you know the, the, the when's the line here when when do we cross the line of reality right. in that. It's, it's a strange path that we walk when we talk about the Swamp Thing. But, you know, I like yes, Blue Devil, is. too. And, you know, nobody says Blue Devil's their favorite DC character. So, oh, no, well. No doubt we'll, about it. Yeah, so something also is odd is the comic we picked this week that mirrors the uh, episode number that we're feeding, and that is Avengers 354, Fear the Reaper, part three of three. So, of course, we missed the first two parts. Charlie's read this comic, and why I, I picked this cover is because it's the weirdest thing, because the Avengers are being cradled in a hand, but they have eyeballs on the fingertips, which I imagine has got to be the most uncomfortable thing in the world, because like, ow, 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 I'm poking yeah, my right. eye. Yeah, right. And 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 look at that beautiful shade of hazel. No, this was a this was a wrap up where th- this incarnation uh, of the Avengers, which is of course the the leather jacket. We're just headed into the leather jackets era here, so this is pri- this is prime nineties. Uh, they were slugging it out with uh, of the corpse of the Grim Reaper, who is a classic Avengers villain, uh, brother of uh, that's Eric Williams, who's brother of Simon Williams, who's of course Wonder Man, though Wonder Man doesn't appear. Uh, but it all takes place in the underworld. They fight. Not reincarnated versions of dead heroes, but just like skull and bone versions of like, here's Man Ape and here's, you know, the Crimson Dynamo or something. It's just like, it was weird. And at the end of it, it was just, it was a lot of splash panels. It was very 90s. And then the end of it, much like almost everything that happened in this run, it had no relevance whatsoever to anything that followed. Thank you, 90s Avengers. You did deliver upon your unspoken promise. Uh, valuelessness it's only it's only as good as if they said at the end it was just a dream oh it it was just it it was just a it was bobby in the shower the whole time i was about to say yeah you walk in you just see you know they see like uh walton they're just you know hey what i'm doing it's just getting the shower yeah right oh my goodness bobby in the shower scene oh but anyway yeah that was great i was in high school then and uh i was 16 i think in october of 60 or 62 of october of 62 i'm really dating myself in october of 92 so yeah this was this was the kind of thing keeping lonely charlie company on those lonely friday nights when girls wouldn't date me oh i know purple rain so anyway uh, (laughs) um but one person who never has any trouble getting a date at all that would be uh, that would be our gal, Madam Webb, our senior news correspondent. So we do now have to grab an Uber, get down to the corner of Hollywood and Vine to get the latest scoops with Madam Webb's rumors and news. Let's go.
Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, my goodness, Madam Webb. I hope you have all of your Christmas shopping done. I know you order them from Amazon uh, Grime, which means it's just basically anything that fell off an Amazon Prime truck that you Hot found of outside of your alley. You got right. to brush it off. Then you have to put it back in a sack and then you give it to uh, Andre, who then gives it to uh, Michael, who gives it to Sancho. Then that gives it to Andre, uh, his brother. And then you give it to um, Miles Davis's ghost then again gets it to all your gift recipients and all your jilted lovers that you just want to tell them how much you don't like them. So uh, after that, I think it's about a three week turnaround. So you just past it. Christmas. Amazon grime. It's the grimiest. <laughs> it's, wor- it's worth every nickel. Oh, so up first, uh, we have a potential redemption for what basically is a movie franchise that I think is kind of driven off a cliff. Uh, we have the, the it's funny, even in the trailer, it says the, 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 the it's the wizarding world, the wizarding yeah. world. Uh, this would be the Fantastic Beast. This is the third film, The Secrets of Dumbledore a trailer dropped today or maybe yesterday. Uh, so our Dumbledore is the uh, Jude Law. Uh, we also have uh, the return of Todd's uh, favorite actor, uh, mumbling actor, Eddie Redmayne, <laughs> as Newt Scamander. Uh, Dan Fogler, who I love, uh, returns. And who else we got? We got uh, Weirdo Ezra Miller, who grew his hair out. Uh, Todd, who else is in the cast of this? It's jumping. Uh, right Mads Mikkelsen is the is basically the right. Because he yeah. replaced Johnny Depp, which I'm assuming they'll say because he can shape shift or, or face change or do glamours that this sure is maybe his real appearance. Right. But, yeah, not? he's in this. And Wowie Wow, apparently another character. Uh, basically, he paired uh, Kevin Guthrie, who played Abernathy, was a follower of Grindelwald. He basically was sentenced to prison for sexual assault. So okay, we've got a bad. lot of people that are no longer associated with this movie series uh because of some weird things in the background but i will tell you um this is really going to be uh dumbledore is really taking a front and center role in this movie um i felt like he was the main focus along with some other characters and i felt like this movie series has always um been too tied to one plot line that Mm -hmm. that's where the harry potter movies did a better job of just kind of telling individual stories but looping and everything else so it seems like maybe that's where this is going in this episode i don't know if this is the end if this is the end of the trilogy of this one or not but i liked where this feels to be going and i'm pretty happy i don't know if every character will be returning uh but i like what this is doing obviously there's still a lot of stench on harry potter as a whole because of jk rowling's and i hope wb just buys her out eventually so it can we can just focus on the franchise and not her but um after i saw this trailer i was pretty encouraged that i wasn't gonna be bored to death or not care about this series anymore right so, I, 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 I i agree that's where i'm at too i was watching this and I'm like, oh it's, they got a little bit of they got a little spin on this ball this thing looking like it could have some legs yeah i remember those first two it's just like uh, okay, I mean, maybe maybe it was filled with a lot of deep cuts, like oh, you know, this the suitcase and the this and the that and the blah blah blah, and it's just I, I couldn't even give you five plot elements that happened over two movies. It's that unremarkable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this looks to have a little bit of juice, uh, which you've really got to have, particularly in a trailer. You've really got to have to catch the attention. So yeah, I'm enthused. I like it. So Andrew. Um- are after watching this i'm not sure your background with harry potter or or this new french uh series but is this something you're excited for 
Oh, that's always reaches for a prop. Got one. Uh, There's so a chuckle got, and reaches for a prop. I do. I've actually I've got three ones, but I, I went for the coolest one. Um, so my wife is a, is an avid fan of the Harry Potter franchise, so I've kind of been there the whole time. Um, if she looks at me, and she, yeah, there she is. She's looking at me right now, being like, "You're no, you lying, Saka." No, I ca- um, I conjured a cat. You know that I'm into the world. Yeah. No. Um. So we we've we've seen the movies. We've read the books. Um. I think that for the new trailer, I definitely like. I think it definitely feels more focused. I think having Dumbledore as the main focus of the movie, I think, is going to bring more people in more so than the first two movies did. Just because I think that yeah, kind of exploring the outside world of Hogwarts is kind of neat. But like you said, there really wasn't a direction towards mm-hmm. what was going on or kind of yeah. You have these other characters at play, but nobody really is attached to them besides like Newt Scamander, who you know, Eddie Redmayne. I still would say is going to be a, would be a great doctor if he ever would be on Doctor Who, but um, but other than that, like that's really what I thought felt this movie was was kind of more like Harry Potter presents Doctor Who as a zookeeper more so than anything. And it kind of like now they're, they're pulling it out. I, I'm more on board for that and kind of hoping to see that there is more of a, of a focus. And, and I think there's still two, two more movies after this too, that they planned. For oh, wow. oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Because back at that point, Harry Potter was still, you know, a, a, a license to print money. So they were like, Oh, we'll do five movies. But if that's the case, and this is still like the third movie in this, in this five movie, whatever it is, you know, I hope that it at least gives us enough momentum to go to those next two movies, or if they do kind of cut it early, do something else with the series too, because I still think there's a lot of, of lore to be delved with in Harry Potter, but I don't necessarily know if the movies are the best way to do it. That's a good point. We haven't gotten yeah. a Harry Potter series yet on HBO Max, which right. might be a better way to tell those deeper stories, develop Big characters, time. and do things it, like that. They always are. I mean, in anything anything that can be evidenced with, you know, certainly Mandalorian and, and moving forward, and other things that have made the jump uh, shows that that is where your your that is your opportunity to grow the world, as opposed to the the two hour spectacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, though there certainly could be room for both, but it would have to be executed right but then again with star wars there isn't room for booth both right now because we don't have a movie on the slate so so we, we sort of do because they they we talked about it in a holocron list uh, holocron chronicles our, our star our star wars show that uh rogue squadron may not be completely dead so that's one movie for yeah. the next five yes. years Oof. i'm so surprised that harry potter hasn't divulged into comic books like i'm surprised there hasn't been like oh yeah there hasn't been no graphic stuff. novels no Right. There's so many other characters just from the core seven books that you could have like graphic yeah. novels on. Right, spinoffs, right. Yeah, like have the have the Voldemort style Darth Vader line. Like I would love to see right. more of that, how he grew he grew into that character. Right. Outside of just the movies and those little snippets they show, and even in the book, kind of how they those little chapters and kind of pages of it. Like, give me the full, like give me a six issue series of just how Voldemort was created, how he went from you know, this child who was delving into the dark arts to this nasty monster of a person. As long as he doesn't hate sand, I think we'll be okay. (laughs) Sorry. Deep cut back to Anakin and Tatooine. Oh, well. Um, Yeah, so more to come on this, and hopefully this does well and redeems the series and gets us all engaged. Next story, though, this one's a new one that just kind of came out of nowhere. The CW is developing a Gotham Knights TV series. Mm. We do know we're getting a Gotham Knights video game, which is just Nightwing, Batgirl, Red Hood, and it's kind of that series. But this is completely different. This is setting up the fact that we are getting Batman's son, who would be Damian Wayne, who we know is Tasha Al Ghul. Basically, this is uh, the son of Rosh Al Ghul. Uh, We're getting him. Talia, you called her Tasha. 
Come on now. Tasha, sorry. Talia Algol, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Hoist me by my own petard. I was um, but, um, actually. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that, Charlie. Uh, but basically, it's going to follow basically the premises in the wake of Bruce Wayne's murder. His rebellious son, adopted son, uh, forges and then like, well, adopted now. This could be not yeah. Damien. This could be one of his wards. Could, no, be, okay. uh, could be one of the, the, the Robins. Uh, forges an unlikely alliance with the children of Batman's enemies when they are all framed for killing the Cape Crusader. As the, most city, as the city's most wanted criminals, this renegade band of misfits must fight to clear their names. But in Gotham, with no dark night to protect it, the city stands in the most dangerous it's ever been. However, hope comes from the most unexpected places as this team of myths matched fugitives become its next generation of saviors. So this is kind of uncharted territory because mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of a lot of villains having kids. Um, that's interesting. And then that's probably a whodunit with who killed right. Bruce Wayne. Is right. he truly dead? We never know. Is right. there going to be a resurrection pit, uh, you know, uh, right. uh, basis mm-hmm. that type of storyline? We don't know, but this could be a lot of fun. And um, it's, it, I think it's, it sounds excellent. It's kind of it's kind of unprecedented uh, as far as it's not necessarily aping an existing like Elseworlds storyline or anything like that. Sure. Really said. I mean, you tell me. I mean, I you know DC more than I do, um, but I've never heard of anything like this. So this is well, different. I'm assuming this is gonna, you know if it's it's you know the kids of villains. I assume it's gonna you know put push things a little bit more into like a Dark Knight Returns kind of timeline. So it's you know. Batman 10 or 20 like it's a bat fleck you know where he's an older dude and stuff and he moves a little too slowly so he gets whacked and then yeah and now it doesn't say you said oh it's it doesn't say anything about it being his adopted son so it could be Damien no it does no it does it does in the uh in the tagline so official line his adopted son so this could be one of his wards so it could be Jason Todd it could be uh uh uh, blanking on his name uh uh Tim, yep, Tim Drake. Tim Drake, yeah, um, yeah. It could have been one, you know, it, it, several others have come along since then. So uh, I'll be curious to see where this goes. And yeah, since it's not adopted, Damien was not adapted. That's his seed. So we shall <laughs> see. And and I think the CW is kind of in this new resurgence of new characters with Stargirl, which I really liked. Uh, we had uh, Batwoman, which I think is a little bit of a mix of the old and new. But we have Naomi coming as well. So I'm hoping we're going to get more fresh blood. And I think this is part of that. Stargirl is young. This is going to be a young uh, crew of characters along with Naomi. So maybe this is the fresh restart the CW has needed. So um, with that, Andrew, I mean, does this sound entertaining to you? Yeah, so long as they don't do like the the '90s show Birds of Prey style with it. Oh mm. my god! Oh, bat, <laughs> there's your team, bat cat, bat yeah. cat. You know, I hopefully hopefully it's a lot better than that. I mean, honestly, you know, my second favorite DC character is Jason Todd. So if they, if this is focused on him or they have him in there and not let the guy who is playing him on Titans right now be in that role, because I'm not a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they can bring that in or or bring it more of like a bat family scenario, I'm all on board. Bat fam, hashtag bat fam. Yeah, so this is probably uh, if it's not late 2022, this will probably be 2023. So we'll we'll hear more about this. We'll see I the will, cast. We'll see how this plays out. I will for sure tune in. I I do dabble in CW. The wife and I really enjoyed Superman and Lois, which I think it came back, or maybe we just, we probably should tune back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we really enjoyed that. So cool. Yeah, I'm all about this. This is awesome. Very very cool. Well, next story is very interesting because. 
we have a creator we really enjoy, but he is not known for doing a lot of uh, he's known for covers these days. He doesn't right. do a lot of internal pages, a lot of illustration that way. And when he does it, he typically does painted artwork. But Alex Ross is coming back and he's doing a new graphic novel called Fantastic for Full Circle. It's going to be fully illustrated by Alex Ross and written by him as well. But the wow. interesting part is it will not be painted. So this oh, is kind of looking oh, at his right. artwork, his artwork in a less glossy fashion. He may still use human models to do some of the work, which he's known for. But this is a, a, a way to do something different. And it's 64 pages, 25 bucks. Um, and it's basically say it's a rainy night in Manhattan and not a creature is stirring except for Ben Grimm. When intru- uh, intruder suddenly appears inside the Baxter building, uh, they find themselves surrounded by a swarm of li- invading Paris sites ouch i hate that they go into the oh. and charlie they have to go into the negative zone so this oh. is interesting oh. and, and, well, the format itself is interesting well you got you got a couple of things i think it's spinning here that are interesting is a you've obviously got alex ross uh returning for a pencil project which i don't know that i can think of anything else he's done and maybe i'm just not that steeped uh in his work but todd you know that you know my den for example is all of the almost all of the friend comics there are from Alex Ross's, uh, I want to say timeline series that he published last year. Just the white covers with characters painted as they appeared in the seventies and eighties. So it's you know vintage Fantastic Four, it's vintage Avengers, and all this different stuff. So I've been a fan of his since Marvel since I was in high school. But um, that's interesting. But also this this prestige format with the the hardback sixty four page uh, twenty five dollar. I don't remember a time that we've had one of these. Uh, at all and again maybe i'm just not keeping up i do have some of those super old um graphic novels i think i might have emperor doom somewhere i think i have the the one the 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 night of the living monolith one and just some kind of weird ones that they published in the 80s but those are soft covers but they certainly don't touch the the fanciness of this um so this is this is compelling uh and you know again i just read comics digitally but this just seems like it would just really be something to to see and to have, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's a self-contained story, which um, I would say back in the 80s and early 90s, Marvel did more of these type of things. It was more of the prestige format when you did something like in a graphic novel, which was just versus a collected trade paperback. It was truly a uh, prestige story that was treated differently and was in a more expensive format so i think they used to do this they we just don't see many of these now these days which i think is really cool um graphic novels really was supposed to meant uh collect it was a a one-shot story versus just a trade paperback of collected issues so Mm -hmm. it's a little different it's 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 in more of a prestige format so i like this it's really cool and uh, what i think i like when i look at the artwork with this is included here um i always thought alex's ross at times just a little too shiny it doesn't look like real people it looks more like plasticky this with it it looks a little bit more realistic which i think is if you're gonna do a graphic novel but i do love marvels i do love kingdom come i, lo- I love those books uncle sam mm. for vertigo so yeah so he does some great stuff in his covers of course so um so andrew i don't know if you still dip into comics but is this something that is uh w- would uh get you interested Definitely. I mean, I've always been an Alex Ross fan. I mean, the guy is one of the biggest icons in, in, in comic cover history. I mean, comic artists in general, too. Um, Fantastic Four really doesn't... I've never been super interested in Fantastic Four, but kind of seeing the the story concept and being a, a single kind of deluxe 
uh, issue, I definitely would jump into it for sure. Kind of just to see what it is and maybe have it as a collector's item later on too, especially Alex Ross is getting older and you don't see many of these kind of coming out from him other than like a specific cover or maybe one or two issues that he actually draws on. But this is, might be something that that's worth owning. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, and I this is coming out in August, so this is like actually something you probably put on your wish list and say, um, loved ones, um, there's something I would like. Please get it for me. Thank you. Thank you, loved ones. <laughs> yeah, so coming, uh, check it out, guys. I think this could be really interesting, uh, and I like to see more of this with these great art teams and great writers to see them do really cool stories that they don't have to worry about. Are they going to be behind deadline? Does thing get delayed? Nope, it's just one story pick up now, and you've got it. So there we go. Um, next story, though, is interesting, and the fact that we are getting a new take on Buffy, and it is called In Every Generation. This is actually a YA novel, which uh, YA novels with like uh, actual like uh, I know DC is doing this with like Beast and Raven and some of those characters where it's really capturing that a different audience to bring in them into heritage franchises. And so we're getting this. Uh, basically, it's a sequel to Buffy the Vampire Slayer where we have a new Slayer coming out and it is actually a witch and it happens to be frankie rosenberg the daughter of willow um Ooh. and it's it's very cool and it's being done by disney publishing worldwide because they own buffy the vampire slayer because it's part of the fox uh, empire uh we've got teen werewolf jake uh it's oz's cousin uh younger brother of the cousin who bit oz uh, so we have a werewolf there um and let's see do we have any other characters returning in this uh spike is also going to be involved and oz who apparently has a little bit of xander uh coming in and i'm looking at and it's great i'm looking at the cover right now it says in every generation and below that the tagline is the stakes have never been higher stakes like a vampire uh, they, oh, said the, this. they said the thing that was with the thing very clever no angel come on uh, you know that could probably be a thing where it could be a thing. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I just said that. Come on now. They don't want to probably give away too much, but this, I, it's one of my heritage series that I love. Love the series. Love uh, like Angel. I'm behind on the the comics that followed as official sequels. They've changed ownership now. I think it's with a different publisher now. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, this has got me excited. I, I and it's a novel, which I don't think there's really been like great Buffy novels. There's been, I think, novelizations and things like that. So this could be really cool. It's probably like 25 bucks in hardcover, but probably 15 bucks in paperback. Um, and I'm looking for a date when this will come out. And I'm digging, I'm digging, I'm digging. <laughs> I don't Wait, see it. I know. So much preparedness. We really work hard for you, dude. I try. I try. It's a long article, so it could, it's probably about um, Actually, um, yeah, so we will see uh, when this comes out, but it, I will put this on my said wish list. So um, I know this is coming. It's not Buffy's not for everybody, but uh, Charlie, I don't think you care at all. You watched a few episodes of Buffy, but Andrew, um, is Buffy any of any interest of you? Yeah, I mean, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer growing up. Uh, I did lean more on the Angel side once he kind of got his own spinoff series. But I've always kind of liked how uh, Josh Whedon kind of expanded the series into the Dark Horse. And then, uh, like you said, they, they did change ownership to IDW. So they kind of been, you know, they kind of got rid of some of the canon that was established with the Dark Horse series. Um, I am kind of curious to see where they go with uh, a next generation. I think that's kind of been proposed before, I think, in some of the comic books. But I'm kind of curious to see how they approach that more so with, with this new generation kind of see what other characters if they kind of do more of like a like a force awakens type of thing where they bring some of those old characters back in it's more of the, oh look hey you know 
we're here and, and we're here to help you guys out more so than, you know, oh, we're all starting from scratch. So, you know, I'm always more, I'm always up for more Buffy. More Buffy is always better. Better Buffy. Uh, bring the, yeah, exactly. Bring the, bring the heritage characters off to either kill them off or, or make them turned or something unique. And then there was an actual sequel in the far future sequel called Frey of Buffy, where it was basically a slayer yes. in the far future. That was a lot of fun, but uh, that obviously was a limited option. So maybe this will be more and more Buffy series. So uh, for Buffy fans, the Scoobies, they are back again uh last news piece though this came out of the game awards and we are getting obviously we knew Son- uh, sonic 2 was getting a uh, a release in 2022 and we didn't know when we'd see a trailer and we got it uh it was very funny charlie i know you didn't probably watch the game awards but when they announced it they brought in um uh the voice of sonic uh, uh our our good friend um, mr mr oh, schwartzman ben, ben schwartzman that's that's correct and they also had uh they also had jim carrey doing the weirdest like intro in the world i don't think he was even understanding what he was supposed to talk about oh boy he did something very weird um and then we got the trailer very weird it it just i would say watch the intro because it's like jim carrey doing his own thing and I'm glad he didn't phone it in because he definitely didn't. So, yeah, we got oh, the trailer. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, we've got uh, Dr. Robotnik back, Jim Carrey, full-on mustachioed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Sonic is trying to be a hero. But the cool part, we've got Idris Elba being Idris Elba as Knuckles. And it looks cool. Tails is back, the original voice actress since 2014 is doing Tails. This looks like a lot of fun. So, Andrew, being you are a gamer, um, what did you think of the first Sonic movie, and what do you think of this trailer? The first Sonic movie, I thought, was... It, it had its moments. It definitely was a better movie than the original trailer with the other Sonic movie. <laughs> right. um, uh, I am super excited for Sonic 2 because it looks like it's more towards what I think the animated series have been and more of like the Archie comics used to go to where it's expanding the lore, but it's also kind of keeping true to what the game is. Because you said that that, that um, uh, the, the plane scene alone, with Sonic kind of just sitting on top of the plane with, with Tails, that to me echoed Sonic the Hedgehog 2 so much. And I'm just so excited. And that, that moment where Sonic's like, you're not going to get my power. And, and you just see Knuckles that first time he goes, I don't need your power. I got chills from that. Like, I was just super excited because A, this Aegis Elba is just, whew. Secondly, you know, just kind of seeing that that true, authentic what I would perceive a, a, a CGI version of Knuckles to be was represented there. And then you have Robotnik coming in and being like, oh, I have my own little super nugget person or whatever you want to call them, you know, popping in. Like, I, that was, I, I am super hyped. I'm hoping hoping to see more of that and, like, not, no, not Bigs the Cat. Like, let's keep it to these characters and maybe Amy if she, they want to bring her in. But, you know, like, let's keep it to these three central characters and Robotnik or Eggman, whichever one you would call it, whatever you would grow up, you know, teach his own. But, and that's what I, I'm hoping for for it. And it looks fantastic. It comes out April 8th. Uh, and I know, Charlie, you were a fan of it. Um, yes, Your son is a big sure. fan of Sonic. Big time. Um, big Logan, time, and I, yeah. Logan and I saw it. We enjoyed it. So uh, it's the rare exception that it kind of hits a lot of different quadrants. Right. Yes, it is. And with video game movies, obviously not being an aficionado, I, I would expect hitting the quadrants is probably what's the most elusive and what keeps video game movies from really taking off. So this one this one really seemed to buck that trend and that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, it, a good 
yeah, 2022 is hopefully going to be a good year for movies, and this is going to be one of the big ones in the spring. So there you go. Well, that is it for the news this week. We had a lot of stories, a lot of fun things, a lot of cool things to look forward to. So hopefully, if you're interested in these stories, or if we miss something about these stories, let us know on the Twitters, and we'll the tell twits. you how to get us yes. that at the end of this show. So, Charlie, I think it's now time for us to take our leave with Madam Web. Bye, Madam Web. And for us to go over to our favorite geek establishment to get our libations on and some recreation at the Geek Easy. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy. The cover band's playing. Drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Yes. Cheers, mates. Uh, so this is basically what we've been watching or reading. So Andrew, anything uh, exciting on the television, the movie screen, or in the page? Uh, page wise, I've been uh, reading the Spider Man Beyond uh, series. Uh, I'm actually Ben Riley's my favorite iteration of Spider Man. Oh, it or not. okay. Um, so seeing him back as the main Spider Man with the with the suit, absolutely in love with it. Um, not necessarily a happy with the, what they did with Peter in terms of the radiation poisoning. I think that's a little bit of a, of a weird Ouch. trope. But um, but no, I'm enjoying it. I, I'm also excited to kind of see what they're doing with Ben Riley moving forward because I hope that it's not it's not like they did with the '90s where they kind of had him in there for a year, gave him the Spider Carnage gimmick for a little bit, and then kind of they killed him off. I don't want I don't want to see that Scarlet Spider. You know, Ben Riley Spider Man, he's my guy. Um, other than that, I've been kind of uh, I haven't watched a lot of TV shows lately. Um, I kind of I want to get back into watching uh, Hawkeye. Uh, Especially with uh, Far From Home coming out, um, or No Way Home, uh, No Way Home coming out Friday. Apparently, there's some kind of home. Yeah, there's some kind of home. Always a home. Sweet Home but, Alabama. You know, there you go. Exactly. We, we didn't we didn't go homeless yet. No. Yes. Spider, spider <laughs> um, homeless. <laughs> oh God, I'm waiting after like that'll be like the sixth movie in that series. Uh, but I have been heavily, heavily into reading the Stormlight arc, the Stormlight. Uh, chronicles from brandon sanderson oh yeah brandon sanderson my son yes. is a huge fan of him i've wanted to get into it those books are so huge yeah so my, my friends my, my friends have been begging me for the last three years to jump into them so i, I jumped into the dune saga last year I, I read all eight of those books or listened to all those books but i was like okay after that i'm gonna go into the sanderson verse i jumped in with uh mistborn i read i read and listened to all six of those books then i jumped into the stormlight ones now and i'm on the i'm on the third book and my god it is magnifique. It's good to hear. I'm a, I'm a fantasy head, and I've been looking for a new series to get into, so I may have to dig into that. Yeah. Todd, Honestly, did, I, I, Todd reading. That, that's like you reading. I, I, yeah. I, well, I need to do the audiobook because I do fall asleep when I'm I do. I, yeah. did, I, I do. I have pretty much exclusively switched over to audiobooks for that reason. So, yeah. I, I'm, for the most part, audiobooks now, too. Um, honestly, too, because I know a couple of my friends do the graphic audio. Where it's like a movie, and but it, it for the oh, really? Sanderson, yeah, like it's it's cool because they have like the whole audio effects. They have the different voice actors for each character. But the problem is, is that with a lot of the Sanderson books, they, they you know the the book I'm reading right now, um, the it's the what is it, Oathbringer? That's almost sixty hours just audiobook form. Holy cow! <laughs> right, so that's like a, that's a lot. And Audible likes to, t you know, like and the 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 graphic audios they like to put them into different chunks. So e mm -hmm. each one, each chunk is like a you know a part of the book. So that that for me, like I, I listened to uh, Warbreaker like that, which is a, a spinoff series of sorts for that series, and uh, that was three credits on its own just to listen to that for one oh, book. Boy. I'm like, no, that's that's wow. I'm not doing that anymore. That's, that's a lot pricey, of yeah. yeah, yeah, right. <clears throat> 
Big but time. it's just like it, it, it's they, the way that he builds characters from like the like, if you like comic books, I would definitely suggest the Mistborn series. It's very much a comic ish kind of like origin story, oh, kind of, you mm. know, very much. I would definitely recommend jumping in that way and then kind of like because my friend, I've had my friends who they've been like Sandersonites or Sanders, whatever you want to call them. Um, they were ones that kind of being like, hey, look, start with this. And then once you get your teeth in, into this, go into the Stormlight stuff because the Stormlight stuff is it's a meaty meaty universe but you kind of want to get your dense yeah dense meaty um but yeah mistborn's kind of like it's they're phenomenal books they're still i think my favorite ones in the sanderson books that i've read so far or listened to whichever you want to say but they are the ones like basically like you have like it's a very comic power universe and kind of to sum it up real quick they have these mystical elements that all revolve around metals. So you have to ingest a specific metal and you get a specific power associated to that metal. So like one metal can let you pull, one metal can let you push, et cetera. But you have to have these specific metals in your body and you have to be able to burn them. But it's kind of just like this whole, and and you have to kind of discover the powers and all that stuff. But it's very much like a, a, a coming of age story as well with that superhero background. But it's very well written, very, very well worth your time. Very cool. I will uh, check it out. Uh, my son, like I said, my son read another series that he loved by him. So um, I, I recommend, uh, uh, and I know he took over the Wheel of Time series too. So he's a great author, and I just need to get into his stuff. So enough people have told me, so it's now t- my time to do so. So I think audiobook will be the way to go. So it's too late for Christmas, maybe. I'll put it on my Christmas list. Maybe my mom will buy it for me. Maybe not. Oh, well, we'll see where it goes. Well, thank you uh, for that, Andrew. Uh, no Charlie, you saw a movie? I did saw, saw, no, no, a new, uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, what, what's old is new again. So yes, yeah, Spielberg, uh, put out a version of West Side Story and it was funny because April and I saw this last night we're driving home and I'm like, or we were walking in to the theater. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've never actually seen that movie. Of course, a lot of the songs have been spoofed and riffed and remade. And April was walking out and said, some of those songs were definitely in an American tale, the kids animated movie, like this and that. So like a lot of it was familiar, but I didn't really know the gist of the story. Uh, They had an amazing uh, young lady as uh, as Maria, uh, who is the female lead. Uh, but then they had Ansel Engelhort, who was baby driver as uh, as Tony, the male lead. Yeah. And he was um, he's a terrible singer. Jesus Christ. I mean, oh, overdub- no. overdubbed the guy for Christ's sakes. It was it was really bad. I mean, and, and not like I mean, I I've been a singer my whole life and I'm not great. But, you know, I, I'm also a big music junkie and I know when somebody sounds great. And I, I I'd like to think I know when somebody really doesn't. So. Uh, but otherwise, uh, very well made in the Spielbergian style, as it were. But this this movie is turning out to be kind of a box office flop, if I'm not mistaken. I've been following some of the information. So it's a shame. It is long, super long, two and hours and 45 minutes long, like endgame long. Um, but I didn't think it really dragged. So I would encourage people to go out and see it. It's, it's, it is kind of great on the big screen. Um, again, Todd, I know you love musicals, people who just start dancing and singing for no reason. That's kind of where you live, uh, even though you neither dance nor sing, but I know that you enjoy it. So I think that you would enjoy this one. I've seen the original uh, many times. It was actually an assignment. We we actually, you know, it's it's, it's akin to Romeo and Juliet. That's really what this is. Mm-hmm. But it's New York. Yeah. And, and right. you know, what, what's what's cooler than gangs, dancing, snapping and fighting? Dancing. Of the sharks. Dancing, snapping, exactly. dancing, snapping, and fighting. Uh, and then I 
like Andrew, I'm 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 uh, flipping my wig. I'm blowing my wicket over Leo Spiderman uh, and his uh, No Way Home, side to home, old folks home. This movie that's coming out, uh, seeing it on Thursday after work. Very my first week at a new job too, by the way. So I'm I'm kind of fired up about that. So I'm having fun. Uh, but yeah, super super fired up about this. Uh, you know, and Todd, I, Todd, you chuckle, but I did drop an article in uh, in our discussion group on Facebook. But this movie's currently pulling 100% RT. Yes, I'm which so I, happy. Which I'm sure will fall right off long as long as somebody gets in and says, "Well, I don't think that," and then it'll fall. Well, I, I always say about this Rotten Tomato, it could be the mildest. Positive could make uh, uh, the best uh, Rotten Tomato score in the world. I would say right. look at Metacritic, see where it goes, because they actually right. break down each score and then they give you a right. more cumulative. So that's more like I think it was like seventy four percent. So, um, but yeah, everybody's saying that it seems like if you're a fan of this movie, your sounds right. like you're going to be very happy. Yeah, re- regardless, I think that anybody who would have any inclination to see this is going to see it. They'll probably do it right away because it's it, this movie has definitely been set up to contain a lot of surprises. You know, a la the other two uh, Spider-Men showing up, you know, uh, Toby and Andrew possibly popping out of a portal somewhere and then, and then Spider-Manning up with with um, with loose lips Tom Holland. So very fired up. Uh, definitely look forward to that. And then super Stay quick- off Twitter, Charlie. Stay off yeah. Twitter, Andrew. I, I am Don't not- Don't yourself, Charlie. I'm not- Like I said, I'm seeing it Thursday, like first available showing, so- but yes, I, I, I do know that critics have seen it. Um, oh, my mom yes. is going to be at the theater before you show up and she's going to speak. No, she's not allowed over here. She's got to stay on her side of the state. No, sorry, Mama Hawks. Can't do it. Um, and then just real quickly, uh, Hawkeye uh, and Star Trek Discovery are, uh, are still our morning viewing on Wednesday, which I'll be watching in the morning. Uh, Discovery uh, is on Thursday. Discovery is kind of kind of lagging. We're getting some personal stories. We're kind of trying. Todd, how caught up are you? I like I said, I'm just still at two and I could kind of see this. I've heard some resonance about the season feeling a little bit. Eh. Well, yeah, you got, you know, there's a focus on the character of Tilly, uh, who to me has become kind of tedious. Mm. Uh, and there was there was potentially some resolution to her storyline in this most recent episode. I won't touch on that. Okay. Uh, Hawkeye for me, and I know that our friend John, who we were with the C2E2, finally watched it, said that it is enjoyable but predictable. Potentially, uh, this last week, Todd, I assume you watched it this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finally caught up with the teaser uh, from the end of Black Widow, where Yelena shows up. Uh, she is, of course, under the misconception that Clint. So wait, Andrew, Andrew, are you caught up? I'm not caught up, but go ahead and spoil it for me because I've already oh, kind of oh, know sure, most of it. So let's we'll talk more no. about this next week, Charlie. We'll talk about four and five next week. Well, I, I said, uh, well, Andrew, Andrew, obviously, what I was discussing was the stinger from Black Widow, right? So yeah, I, I'm not spo- I'm not spoiling him. Uh, I know about the I know about the uh, other you know right. Netflix person that might be showing up later on. That right, and that is a rumor that we might see uh, in this week's episode, or, or obviously, I mean, we're in episode five of six this week, so this thing will be over before Christmas. So, um, so yeah, so that could be that be big to do, but uh, but anyway, yeah, so that's that's what I'm excited about. Uh, and Todd, on to you because you and I are actually going to share a couple here, but why don't you talk about the thing that you like that I'm still kind of like, eh, I'm just not sold yet. So, uh, oh my goodness, I realized the Expanse season six, episode one was launched on Friday. 
obviously it was at C2E2, didn't get to watch it. So it was on the treadmill. I'm like, I'm going to watch that. And oh my goodness, this is the end. This is the last season. And it's only six episodes long. So they've got a lot of heavy lifting, dude, to wrap up the storyline. But man, oh man, we are going places. So I'm very excited about this. They do touch upon a character who was killed off because unfortunately his real life events caused him to be fired from the show. They don't ignore it, but they do touch on it a little bit. Um, I'm very curious to see what they do in the next five episodes. But man, oh man, this show is so well done. Just just makes me so excited for properties I didn't even know about three years ago that I'm just really excited about again. So new IP is is really what drives things forward versus the same things repeating and washing that I always like finding something new that just drives me uh, exciting, like The Witcher. I didn't know about Witcher until the video game series came out and realized it's actually a series of books, and that's coming out this Friday. So I'm just like in heavy in heaven. This the, the end of December, man. There's just too much heavy lifting in regards to keeping up to speed on all the things I want to watch. So I've got to start really getting in there, and like and dedicate. Like this is what I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch this. So very excited that uh, Expanse is coming out. And the good thing is it's only one episode dropping a week, so I'm not behind. But then mm-hmm. The Witcher drops, and all the episodes drop on Friday. So oh, crazy. That doesn't help. That doesn't help. But, uh, Todd, you have got to explain how you even found this next one because you showed this to John and me in Chicago, and it was just all over. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of, like, weird things that pop up out of the blue. Uh, this one kind of came on my radar because there's a bunch of British geek people that are making cool stuff right now. Like, you've got, like, what they do in the shadows. You've got uh, the Wellington Par- Paranormal Society. You've obviously had, like, weird things like Doctor Who, Red Dwarf. Well, this new series, uh, well, it's not an old, so it's from 2004. And it was a one-season, one-and-done, and it's called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. This is essentially a, a lot of the, the, the goofy British people you've seen like um uh laszlo from what they do in the shadows is in this yeah matt, matt uh, barry and uh, richard ayoye uh, from it crowd yeah. yep yeah, right. uh, and then we've got some people that show up also uh uh i believe it's uh it's a richard merchant from the original office and a, bu- a bunch of other different shows is in this as well uh, as a guest appearance but this is basically a writer called Gar- garth Marenghi who is has the ego the size of a planet who had a series that he produced and filmed about this hospital that is a, also a, 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 a portal to hell that he basically – it was created and then shelved. But then apparently there was like an opening and then he was able to bring the series back. And he kind of – it's a pseudo-documentary. He opens up every episode and they talk about the making of it. But it's just so damn goofy and weird and low rent but intended to be low rent that they basically this doctor uh he basically is uh, just does these wacky things with the paranormal and aliens and the cast uh the editing is bad but it's intentional they have bad special effects and the writing is though hilarious so i'm a big fan of the show i've only watched three episodes charlie i think you said you've watched all but the one we skipped i did i i i i I was watched six and i jumped back to three so i will have watched it all so it's just i mean from the very first and this was what you and john and i were sitting there in the hotel just splitting sides very first scene is you see the, the the doctor woman liz walk in and she walks down a hall and she's looking you can see her looking through a side through a door uh, that and she sticks her hand out because and somebody tosses a cat out. 
And it goes, blop. And then it zooms in on the cat and says, you should just leave in a voiceover. And then it's like, did that cat just tell me to leave? And it's just, the giant just says, oh my God, they don't care. They're just going for it. And that's the whole show. It just, it's just, it's, it's, it's balls to the wall. Just absurd, which I try to sit down and watch with April. She's like, I can't watch absurd shit like this. This is not for me. But I just, it was, we were just chuckling. We were having a good time watching. It's totally ridiculous. Yeah, they've got like weird, like editing, like voiceovers when they're overdubbing and things like that. And you right. found out the one guy who's been brought as a producer, apparently he can't be seen looking at a character. And that's what he's asked for. So anytime he's talking, he's looking away from the character. It's just very weird. It's it's really well. It's it's, it's somebody's vision for this thing is so well done because it's so horribly off. But it's all tied into the main character, Garth Marenghi. So I, I recommend it. it's on Amazon Prime right now. If you watch, it's like six episodes. So it's well worth your time if you like wacky, weird genre comedy. So um and don't blame us if you hate it just watch a trailer you'll know if you're into it or not right exactly correct it's okay we we didn't do it it's not us it's yeah. not us imagine yeah, and then let, that sounds awesome <laughs> yeah it's, it's it, i think i think you'd like get a kick out of it because it's got that kitsch and fun and goofy and the writing is really spot on uh in regards to what the characters are saying so it's it's right. a good it's a well-written geeky comedy show um then lastly charlie and i went to c2e2 um the last time we went to c2e2 which is uh, chicago uh or comics and entertainment chicago no, exposition i believe is it yeah uh, oh my god it's c2e2 yeah there you go sounds great yeah, it's, it's Chicago's biggest con. Uh, last time we went to it was in March 2020, yes. just before everything shut down. Right. We got to do this, and then it came back in December uh, 10th through the 12th. So we got to do that. Our friend John, who is an original secret friend, uh, he traveled from Washington. We we're all college roommates. It was a great time to come back. Uh, it was all – you had to be vaccinated, show your ID, wear masks. We had a great time doing this. And there one guest we wanted to see that was going to be there – canceled Ming-Na Wen, who is obviously in so many geeky things. She was Mulan. She was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She is now uh, in The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. uh, just, anyway, you know, she's been in so many things. She's a great actress, uh, looks fantastic. She wasn't there. So the only thing we left we wanted to do was see Timothy Zahn. And he did a panel. And Timothy Zahn is the foremost uh extended expanded universe star wars writer created the character of thrawn mar jade and through a few others and he's basically had a resurgence of where disney has basically embraced a lot of his creations and is allowing to still create these characters and bringing them into the um marvel cinema or the, the 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 star wars universe which is great so we had a great time his panel was awesome uh you know he did a little spin-off about where he's doing what the where things are at he couldn't say much but then he did all questions we had some goofy questions but charlie got to ask a question charlie what was your did. question to mr zahn well it's it's funny because you kind of turn around and spun it into what we're going to talk about in the last segment but yeah i walked up to the guy and uh to the microphone of course i i i I said who I was, where I was from, and I, I plugged Secret Friends because that's my job. Uh, but I came out and said, hey, you know, you, you, you tipped off this conversation talking about um, the Lucasfilm Continuity Group and how when, you know, that was formed after the Disney takeover in 2014, that the vast majority of all written material was, was shelved or it was transitioned into this Legends format. I said, and, and that includes obviously your works at the time. Uh, of those characters from those novels that you wrote, 
Uh, who are the characters that you are looking, uh, that you would really be looking forward to, to have reintroduced into canon and to become part of the official storyline? And he spun it from there. I thought it was a brilliant question. Good job, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> allow myself to introduce myself. Allow myself right. to congratulate myself. Yes, exactly. But yeah, no, that was fun. And then at the end of it, when the panel broke up, I went up there and I provided him with the the great Secret Friends Unite postcards that Todd had printed up. And I have a personal business card uh, with my SFU information on it. It said, please get in touch. So I'm sure, Todd, that Timothy Zahn will be contacting us absolutely any day now. Uh, so that he can um, be a guest on one of our shows. I'm absolutely positive. If he, know, if he knows what's good for him, he will. If he, oh, yeah. Whoa, that was a little more threatening than I intended. So I'm not, I, I don't know, I don't know that I tie myself to that. Mr. Zahn, if you're listening, I, that, that wasn't my intention. Well, we have an in with him because I didn't know this. He's from Chicago, but he was a Michigan State grad. I did not right. know that. He has a degree in, the man has a degree in physics. So how cool is that? So very he cool. He's um, a cool cat. Yeah, we had a great time. I went to a lot of booths, got some cool art, um, but it was more of a smaller presence. There were some celebrity signing and such, but um, hopefully next year, which is coming back in August of next year, people won't be afraid to go out. People will be fully vaccinated. The world will get back to a place of normality where people will uh, be able to gather as geeks. But it was great to see everybody there, cool cosplay, good panels, people having a good time. So it was great to see this, and hopefully more cons will happen in 2022. Absolutely. No, look forward to it. Looking forward to it. Well, that is it. Uh, it seems like we're about ready to uh, you know, shimmy through the uh, window in the bathroom, bounce off the dumpster, uh, flag down a gypsy cab, and get the hell out of this terrible neighborhood, leave the geek easy behind, get to the airport, uh, so that we can get a flight on on Air Australia or Koala Airlines. Get down to the Thunderdome uh, so that we can have a little chit-chat about this week's topic. So let's make that happen. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, our topic is a little interesting because I was inspired with all the questions Timothy Zahn got asked uh, about, you know, from the various fans. We had some very serious ones. We had some goofy ones. One was basically like, would General Thrawn be able to beat Boba Fett or Jenga Fett or someone else? Like I'm I like, said, okay. my, 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 or my interpretation of it, who would win in a fight between Superman and an elephant? And I still don't think we have a good answer. <laughs> We do, we do not. But I, that led me to, like, you know, we've never really considered that for our show, so I thought this was a good way to kick it off. So our question is, what creator or character would you love to meet? What would you do with them? Meaning, would you be at a restaurant? Would you be doing karaoke? And what question or questions would you ask them? So, uh, Andrew, do you have one in mind? I do, and it's been one that, that since I was a wee lad, I've, I've always wanted to do. Uh, it would be Ray Stans from Ghostbusters. Um, Ooh, okay. I would love to just—I would love to be sitting in Ray's occult, reading up on all these paranormal books that he has, and just asking him what, how the technology behind the proton packs, the the um, the the containment unit, the ghost traps, like how all that was made. I'm just—I'm so curious beyond behind the technology and kind of how everything kind of sits in there because they have portable nuclear accelerators on their backs. How do they make that function? Because you kind of see little elements here and there from the movie, but they never actually go into the, I would love the actual like scientific 
background to it and how they actually got it to work, especially with eighties technology. Cause that, that like, you know, it was like eight bit, eight tracks and, and cassette tapes. I want to see how they actually got that made. Um, and we did see in the most recent Afterlife, which I'm assuming you've seen, when when uh, his granddaughter was taking the uh, proton pack apart, and I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of cool." Yeah, like the cyclotron, like seeing that kind of all pop out and everything. I love seeing that. Um, but you still don't see like all, and you see little bits and bobs there. But I I'm, I would just love to kind of sit there and and probably not even just talk about that, but more of just like you know the cult and what he's seen and kind of all his experiences and also you know and also too like why the Sleep of Marshmallow Man, like really. Why did that pop in there? I know he says that because he, it felt safe, but really, why of all the things you would think of when the end of the world is happening is a is a little puffed uh, marshmallow person? So I will <laughs> I do a follow-up question for you, and I'm going to ask you if you do meet him finally, um, and assuming he also dabbles in the world of uh, spirits that are drinkable, ask him <laughs> to make uh, crystal head skull vodka, because uh, once again, intriguing charlie and i bring up that topic up i, I think let's once a quarter right charlie I, I love how i get thrown into this because there's no dan Aykroyd reference that todd makes that it does not also involve crystal whole skin Chris, oh i can't even say it chris that the damn vodka uh and it, <laughs> amazingly it didn't show up in the film but when we had my pal dan holleroyd on as a who is a uh, paranormal investigator and Ghostbuster cosplay, like one of the biggest ones in the state of Michigan. He had one of them on hand to share. So it's a, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. I was surprised. Like he didn't like pull a little, like a little thing and just like, just drink a little bit of the crystal head vodka, like one of the like, little shot glasses or something like that. Like, come on, come on, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like it wasn't mind. actually, he didn't have e- like, it was actually not filled. Like he didn't get Egon's skull and fill yeah. it with. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, it was too, fr- it was too fresh for too fresh from the kill. Uh, is, that part of, is that part of the Indiana Jones fourth movie? Oh, you're right. That. Oh, God, no, no, please. Yeah, Have we no, gone too far? That's really yeah. what it was. That was the crystal skull. Oh, my God. Oh, oh great question. Great question. Love that. So, uh, you know, race stance, be on the lookout for uh, Mr. Andrew. In that question, so we'd love to hear about that. Charlie, you have one yet, or do you need to I do, I do, and this is one that um, you know it, it's it's it, it, it's somewhat controversial, but it's potentially not as controversial as uh, if it would be if I would have said the, the name of the gentleman whose name also gets thrown out there. But I would really like to meet uh, John Favreau. I'd like to yeah. I'd like to meet him. He's somebody who is you know he's outside. He's not really quote unquote outside of the system. He was he was an uh, independent film actor. Uh, and I'm trying to remember back to Swingers. Was that him and uh, Giant, Giant? Well, I know, but I mean, did they both write it? Did one of them direct it? I'm trying to remember the specifics because uh, they, they clearly question. they clearly both they clearly both acted in it. And that was his splash. And it was funny because I saw him on uh, he had a stint on The Sopranos, which was in the early 2000s. And it was like, oh my god, he was he was he was young and handsome once. But uh, kicking it off with. Um, this was the guy who kicked off the MCU. You know, he directed uh, Iron Man's, I think, one, did he, at least one and two, um, but mm-hmm. was really responsible for shaping um, really what, you know, kind of followed from there uh, and, and you know, continued to be involved uh, in, in, you know, and again, I'm, I'm doing this somewhat off the fly because I just kind of decided this as we were talking. So I don't have his entire resume in front of me, but um, what he has done for Star Wars, what he did with the Mandalorian is unparalleled. I think, uh, found a way to make 
Star Wars edgy again after Star Wars really lost its edge after the prequels, in my opinion. Uh, you know what I mean? The, the Mandalorian, I, w- I won't say that they didn't miss a beat. I wouldn't say that they didn't have uh, some really, you know, bland like Mandalorian comes to town. I need your help with the thing. Well, I'll help you with the thing. But first, you got to do this thing with me where you'll probably get killed. But if we don't die, then I'm going to help you with your thing. That happened like five or six times over two seasons. Mm-hmm. So, yes. But, my God, I can still watch that show. And, again, it's bite-sized. It's eight episodes, ten episodes, whatever it is. And I still absolutely love it and find kind of cool new things in it every time I watch it. So I love it. I want to see what this guy does next. He, he's one of us. He's a geek creator who is on the inside, who took that inside influence and did something great with it and, and gave us a notable movement with bringing Marvel to the big screen in a way that has been enduring and, you know, record-breaking. Uh, and then with the Mandalorian, what he's done with Star Wars. So Love to see him dig his teeth into Star Trek. I don't know if he's a Trekker, but I'm just so fired up with what he did with with the Mandalorian that I would I love to meet the man, chat him up, uh, you know, go toe to toe with him with the geek stuff, and and you know, see what uh, see see you know see what I could learn from kind of why he did what he did and what his inspiration is, and you know, who's his favorite Ewok. I don't know all kinds of weird questions. The question for me is, Charlie, uh, what would you do with him? Would you take him to Beer City, USA? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I would take him down to my other uh, favorite Michigan town uh, outside of Detroit of Marshall. I'd take him to Dark Horse. Uh, we'd, we'd have a couple of pops at the bar, maybe a pizza, uh, and then uh, walk next door and have an ice cream. I don't know. And just be chatting about Star Wars. It would be awesome. Uh, just to go back, he was the writer on Swingers. Doug Lyman directed. Uh, okay. Vince Vaughn had didn't had nothing to do with it except just uh, just acting. being an actor. Okay, gotcha. All right, so yeah, I love what, I love what the guy has done. I would love to see. Uh, and then again, he's done other things for Disney. He did the Jungle Book, which was really off of my radar, and and other stuff. But again, for Star Wars, again, he gave Star Wars an edge that it had dropped like a hot potato with the prequels, in my opinion, no matter what you think of them. It was not, it was not cool unless you were six, you know, but for us, you know, 40 somethings, I mean, you know, Din Djarin, the Mandalorian is a, is a bamf. I mean, he was a totally awesome cat and, uh, and that had everything to do with Favreau. So I would love to learn more about that from him. I would say, um, he ranks it way up there on the level of actor directors, there's not a lot of great actor directors, but we've got obviously um, uh, Clint Eastwood, great actor director, won Oscars. Uh, Robert Redford, same there. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of other great actor directors out there, and I would say he's one. And he's also continuing to be in things. Now he's not a great actor, but I think it's the fact that he's had an acting career mm-hmm. um, in various things. He was even on Friends, for God's sake. I'm about to say. You don't find his portrayal of Happy Hogan, which we'll see again this week in Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, as being compelling and rich. <laughs> no, but it just goes no. to say that it, it goes to say, though, that you can be someone that just is doing your job, doing a good job. I mean, he's directed some things like Zathura led right. him to get Iron Man, which is just right. out of the blue. But I mean, right. be competent, have an interest and be uh, know some people. And yeah. Gotta right. love that guy. He's fantastic. So I'm yep. going to lean into, in my question, it's going to go to Guillermo del Toro. 
not an actor, but he was in a video game, right. <laughs> Death Stranding, which was just, ugh, yeah. But I mean, talk about a guy who is a geek at heart. He is one of us. He loves video games. He loves comics. He loves horror. He loves everything under the sun. Uh, started out as an indie director in Mexico. And you think of like, how would you get made horror films and made a name for himself? And then his first movie he made, a uh, big movie, was Mimic. With, I mean, just think about that. I mean, Mimic, it was one of those 80s, not so great horror films. And then he went on to Hellboy. And like, what, Hellboy? Really? But it just led into his love of horror and comics and those that, that, that aesthetic that he's known for. And then obviously he goes to then make movies that have more and more, uh, I guess you'd say, uh, presence and uh, weight. And then he got his Oscar. But he hasn't leaned away from his gate presence. He was just at the game awards talking about, um, uh, silent Hill. So, I mean, he just, he still is in tune with his love and interests. Um, actually saw a, uh, uh, museum studio tour of his, uh, of basically all of his, um, possessions. He did a museum tour with all his possessions and his movie work and stuff like that, that we got to see. It was so fantastic. So I love the guy. He's really a cool guy. He's from Mexico. So he brings his heritage too. He does a lot of foreign language films. So I would want to talk to Guillermo del Toro. I would have him take me to the coolest hole in the wall place to get awesome tacos. We would just chill out, have some cerveza tacos, have a good time. You and then watch, what I would ask him, you'll watch out. It'll end up being that place from dusk till dawn. <laughs> it probably is with vampires, and we'll get killed. But I mean, I would ask him. I would, I would definitely ask him to say if there was any other geek property beyond Hellboy, because that was his baby, that he would like to develop and do and put his mark on it. I would love to hear it. Obviously, he would love to do something with Silent Hill. That's a little more complex. But I would love to hear what he would like to do in another geek property that he would like to see elevated. Um, I know he wants to do the mouth of madness or not. Sorry. He wants to do a, um, he did crimson peak, which he liked there, but he wants to do something with Cthulhu and that type of, that type of mythology. But from another lens, I'd like to hear what type of geek mythos he'd like to go after next, because, um, he's, he can do anything he wants. And when you've won an Oscar, the world is your oyster. People love him. He's got a dedicated group of actors. And his move, movie, I think it's called Midnight Alley, is coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks, too. Um, I just love his style, and I just can't see, wait to see what he does next. So, Guillermo del Toro, join me for tacos, a beer, and tell me your secrets. That's all I ask. Did you ever hear about his, uh, his Dark Universe uh, uh, script that he wanted to do? For, like, the Universal? No, um, for DC. Oh. So it was supposed oh, for to be DC. DC, Swamp Thing. Um, what else? It was supposed to be like all those, all those dark characters. Zatanna, probably Dead Man. Yeah. Uh, some of those. Yeah, I'd heard about that, and and just felt like Guillermo del Toro's name was like on everything, and I'm like, that's a dis- recipe for disaster, right? Because he's only one man, and if his attention's distracted, that probably will lose steam. But yeah, I heard that. I'm like, yeah, that would be awesome. And DC's the one studio that I could see doing something so off the cuff that that could happen. Apparently, he pushed for that for a long time until it got to the point where they were like, this is not going to go anywhere because we don't want to focus. We're not we don't want to be a horror company with our DC characters. Mm. And then, of course, they did the Justice League Dark animated movie, which is they said he said apparently it was elements of what he wanted to do. Mm. But but it wasn't like the full extent because apparently the budget for the Swamp Thing costume was going to be too expensive because, you know, as we saw from the Swamp Thing TV series a couple of years ago, the budget's a problem. 
You got to water that turf every day. It's expensive. Yeah, right. Uh, Horticulturist yeah, on set. You got to stand around. There has to be somebody to spritz them between takes. <laughs> you don't want to get gnats or uh, moles coming into the set. That would be bad. It would be a disaster for everything. So there you go, folks. That is it for the Thunderdome. If you have a, a, a creator or a character you'd like to ask questions and just you know get that opportunity to have your three minutes of uh, fame, let us know. And before we you know tell you how you can do that. Andrew, we want to ask you where people can find you around the interwebs. Uh, so you can find me over at We the Nerdy. Uh, we're, we're pretty much writing articles every week. It's myself and a couple of my other writers um, that we're, we're reviewing comic books. We're doing uh, hardware right now. Um, have a bunch of big things planned for 2022 that we can't talk about just yet, but you guys will see soon. Um, other than that, you can find me over at Twitter, over at We the Nerdy, and uh, at A Semichek. Uh, you know, I'm on both accounts. I primarily on my own right now, but you know, if you want to tweet at We the Nerdy, by all means do so. Um, you can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash We the Nerdy. I'm streaming trying to do weekly again, uh, gaming stuff, you know, variety streamer, just doing whatever I want. I feel like, um, you can also find me over at TikTok. I have, do have a TikTok. It, it is at We the Nerdy. Oh my goodness. Are you in dances? No, no. no. <laughs> I am Kid. not. The kids I'm, love that TikTok. It's the thirst traps is what I do. They're t- oh, uh, yeah, mankinis and such. I assume. I just don't know about that. I just don't know about that. Oh my goodness, crazy Whoa. awesome. Well, thank you, Andrew, for joining us. This has been a pleasure, and uh, we do other podcasts in the world of geeks. So uh, we will hope you would join us on one of those in the future. So yes, once again, thank do. you. So. Yeah, so this has been an awesome episode. Hopefully everybody enjoyed it on the road. But, uh, you know, at this point, Charlie, uh, where can people find you? Wrap it up. Well, you can find me over on the Facebook uh, running – Todd loves Facebook – running our Secret Friends Unite uh, discussion community uh, since 2013. I I, I do a lot of the content. I'm also over on Twitter at the C3. Spell it out. Uh, where I'm doing random retweets and often commentary and trying to meet people. Uh, I also run the USS Grand Petoskey, which is the West Michigan chapter of the International Star Trek Fan Club, which has been around since the 70s. We have a website, ussgrandpetoskey.com. We can also be found over on Twitter and Facebook with the same handles. We would love to have you join us to talk about Trek. And that's me, Todd. What about you? Oh, yes. Uh, Well... You can follow me at Twitter at T Oxtra for the rantings of an aging geek. <laughs> never disappointing. You may disagree. You may enjoy, but you know, it's never boring. So follow me there and have a good time. So with that folks, that is it for the show. We had a great time. Charlie, Andrew, as always, always a good time. So you Charlie, with it. that, take us out. You got it. Friends, as always, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring. Keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Dark place, dark place, dark place. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.